find out what's on Joey's head in that song? I'm not sure what was on Joey's head. Neither does Nickelback. They don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what was on Joey's head? We could probably find that out. We're back on the Fan Warning Show, by the way. Uh, just a reminder. I don't know if we said this in the first hour. I got the answer. What was on Joey's head? The thing that was on Joey's head was a champagne bucket that my wife and I got Chad for his housewarming, and it was somehow secured to his head by what appears to be a bra. I'm not sure about that, but I think it's a bra. It's a direct quote from glad, glad lead we, man uh, of Nickelback. Glad we cleared that up. Right. Probably was hilarious in the moment. Yep, seems Must have been enough. funny to make a song lyric. Um, not sure if we mentioned in the first hour. Our bra- I'm calling it the bracket-ish challenge because it's bracket-ish. It's not a bracket. But is it NCAA tournament, March Madness challenge? You can win a pair of Blue Jays tickets. Mm. If you win our challenge at the Fan Morning Show, you can find the Bracket Ish Challenge on both of our social media feeds at JC Cuthbert, at Ailish Forfar, at Ailish Forfar, also on Instagram. And if you want to find me on Instagram, it is tough. It's Justin Cuthbert with no vowels. So go ahead and find that bracket challenge and get involved because there's a probably, you know, there's a decent chance that you're going to win Blue Jays tickets if you are successful. Uh, Let's go to our first guest of the day. None other than Nick Kiprios, Stanley Cup champion and, of course, the co-host of Kipper and Bourne. What's going on, Kipper? (laughs) You're not going to ask me what's on my head these days? Oh, good head of hair, just, Kipper. Just what's on your mind. <laughs> You're not balding at all. Yeah, what's the secret there, by the way? I'm getting Got a little... luscious locks. I'm getting a little more, more concerned day to day or by the day. Oh, Justin. That I'll be dealing with that within a couple of years here. Is there any... Uh, How old are you? I'm uh, early 30s. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Well, like, is is it a family thing? If you go down the line... Have you seen his dad on TV? Oh, he's bald, yeah. as, bald as bald gets now. <laughs> Grandfather. How about... Mother's grandfather. So mother's grandfather your, yeah. is key, right? I've heard that. And he had a nice head of hair all the way okay. all the way through, all the way to so, the end. It was pretty good. Hmm. Y- you can hold on then. You can hold on. Have the faith. Okay. People are going to Turkey and getting like hair plugs. Would I'm, you not, do that? I'm never doing anything like that. Like I, I'm not I'm not dying the hair. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. I'm gonna make do with what I have. But if there's something that could at least like a natural supplement something natural that would at least like stem the tide I tell you, people are putting Push. rosemary oil on their head like if it's something like that like there if i'm doing if uh, i would maybe get involved in that if i knew it would help me i always got accused of uh and i guess it's the lighting or the way it came across on hockey night in canada of dyeing my hair and sometimes it would like it would look orange oh yeah it was weird and people like okay you're dying your hair for sure and i'm like i can't think of something that I spend less on my money than hair dye. Have yeah. you ever done frosted like tips though? When you're like coming up and never hot? touched, yeah, right? No frosted tips. And there was a, I don't believe there it. was a, an eighties moment in high school mm-hmm. where every guy was like tipping the frost. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, this is just not right for me. Sorry, <laughs> not happening. And none of them are broadcasters now because you ruin their hair. Maybe that's there the key. You go. Maybe, uh, you know, messing around with it too much put you in a bad spot. Oh, God. Not not for me, anyways. Anyway, you're, uh, you're yeah. making it happen still. You're making it happen still, Kipper. Okay, let's go to last night. Colorado and Toronto. Uh, a cagey affair. Not necessarily the track meet that some people expected. Yeah, Is I did. Ba- you right. expected cagey or track? Track. Yeah, uh, so what happened? I, I, why, didn't, why didn't we see that? I think good goaltending. 
Uh, Georgiev is, uh, has shown enough, I think, out of uh, Colorado to suggest that it, uh, replacing Kemper uh, isn't that big of a deal because he looks like he can make the saves that he's supposed to make. So that's a good thing for for Colorado. But the injuries have uh, really hurt them. I'm just I'm watching last night and and they look good and they look close, but there's still something missing. And I probably would think it's Landis Cog, who's as good as any stud forward out there, power forward, Rantanen and. McKinnon was doing McKinnon things, but uh, uh, they fell a little short. But overall, I thought it was a, a, a good hockey game for, for both sides uh, last night. The Leafs fell a little short, and that's something I think in the next 15 games that they can look on and say, okay, this week we had a 2 nothing lead against Buffalo. Uh, we blew that, and we didn't find a way to, to win a hockey game against Colorado. And that's... You need a few good wins like that, I think, to close out this regular season so you can go in with a little bit of confidence. But there's also a part of me that watched last night and and had a little bit of a feel of uh, game seven, <laughs> you know, in the past where they're they're okay, but they're just one goal short of advancing <laughs> in the first round. So a couple more opportunities coming up. And they they've got a a decent schedule, a, a tough schedule. They're going to, they're going to meet some, some desperate teams here. So uh, it starts with uh, Carolina and Ottawa. Uh, and then I think Islanders, Florida next week and Carolina again. So they're, they're going to have ample opportunities here to, uh, to get ready. Yeah, if you're choosing to make something of that game, I think there were some game seven elements of it, right? There was like hard matching. It was best on best. It was, hey, you know, if you're going to score tonight, Austin and Mitch, you're going to have to go through Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr in order to do so. It wasn't exactly a loose game. And for that reason, you know, things tighten up and it's harder to get yours in the moment. And that sends you into a 1-1 game that's decided by a shootout. And I guess the concern is if it's game seven like and it was one of the more ineffective offensive performances I think we've seen from the Leafs all season. You mentioned Georgiev being pretty solid, but the shots were low. And frankly, other than Matthews and Marner, there wasn't much happening uh, up and down the Maple Leafs lineup. Yeah. Like that's the concerning thing, yeah. right? Like it's simulation of a playoff game without maybe the extra physicality and edge. Uh, and it was a, a pretty bad offensive showing. And you, you need your secondary scoring to come through on, on a night like that. That's where Matthews and uh, especially Marner all season long could say, hey, listen, if if I'm not producing three points a night, can, can somebody just help me out a little bit here? And, you know, Yarncrock's got, what, 15 goals? And that's the type of guy that you hope that can come up with a goal here and there. But it should really come off of Yarncroc's stick when he's on a third or fourth line, not when Matthews or Marner or Nylander are beside him. So still, it'd be great. You know, the, the Lafferty and Achari uh, the pickups were great. And physically, I watched again last night. I'm watching Achari finish his checks, and I'm just mm. I'm loving it. Uh, but they need to chip in every once in a while, and, and last night would have been okay. The other thing, too, that had a little bit of a Game 7 feel for me uh, Justin last night was the fact that uh, I think the Leafs went 0 for 3 on the power play. And it's a good power play. And it's one of the top power plays in the league. Um, and you just, that's the type of game where you need to go 1 for 3. Yeah, you can't go 0 for 3. 
Yes, those little moments that can set you apart from winning that game seven or not. Um, you mentioned Callie Yarncroke up on the top line. One of the, I think, I believe the first time we saw that all season long. Um, waited, yeah, the first meaningful minutes between yeah, the three all season long last all night. All the way down to March 15th for that. Um, did you like the way that they played together enough that you want to do it tomorrow night? And should we start maybe just letting the lines have more than one game of runway before we fe- feel if there's chemistry yeah. or not? Listen, I've said from the, the get-go that Yarncroft to me isn't a, a number one kind of uh, forward uh, mm-hmm. to play with Mitch Marner and, and Matthews long-term. Uh, can he go up there on occasion and fill in and not look out of place and maybe uh, uh, shoot one in the net? Absolutely. Uh, but I think I think we're going to still see the bingo-bangle balls uh, out of Sheldon Keefe here to draw lines uh, while Ryan O'Reilly's out of the lineup. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, it needs to settle down. Players do not like walking in the, the dressing room every day and wondering who they're going to play with. Uh, so I, I think there's there's still some runway here uh, in March and early April, but uh, they're going to start slowly tighten things up, I think. Uh, at least that's that's the hope, I think, for many of the Leaf players. All right, one of the big stories from yesterday's game was the goal scorer, Morgan Riley, getting his first goal since January 29th. You can see the relief, uh, and you can see the uh, momentum that came from that. I think it was maybe one of his best games uh, of the season or of the last couple months, um, to say the least. He's obviously been a, a point of conversation with our show and your show and everyone's show. Um, what you like from the way that he had an opportunity to prove that maybe hope isn't lost yeah. for Morgan Riley? Yeah, I actually, uh, I got today's, uh, I write for the Toronto Star. If you want to see my work, it's on Real Kipper, uh, uh, my Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I wrote on Morgan Riley uh, last night, which is a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the basis of my article today is that I, I don't I don't think that they can win in the playoffs without him being near the top of his game. And you look at that blue line, and it's a better blue line. It's deeper since McCabe joined it, but the difference maker has to be Morgan Riley. And when he's at the top of his game, uh, he's skating extremely well. He's jumping in. He is offensive-minded. I mean, he'll never be that uh, that grade-A shutdown offense, you know, $9.5 million player, uh, like a Kale McCarr who we saw last night, but he can do things uh, that can really uh, help contribute to the, the hockey club and then we saw that really early hit the post I think uh, 51 seconds into the game and then he comes back with a, a, a great goal uh, where again his skating has to show uh, that it can be a differential uh, in in the hockey game and last night I think we saw signs of it but there has to be a level of consistency for the next 15 games here and he has to get to that level where he is playing 24, 25, 26 minutes a night. Uh, Sheldon's pulled back his minutes. I, again, I think it was uh, 18 and a half against Buffalo and not much more than 20 last night, uh, but maybe less is more here and you can get him going again. But this this team needs Morgan Riley to be the closest answer to what Victor Hedman will provide Tampa Bay in the first round. And... uh and there's no one close that can do Morgan Riley things on that blue line. So it's best to get him going. Stronger factor when setting a table for a good game, which Morgan Riley had. Is it the early cookie, which he got, or is it playing with TJ Brody, which he did? Uh, 
uh, I think the goal, to be honest with you, uh, Justin. And I, I know he's been bounced around a little bit here on finding a partner and whether it's Brody or Lilligren. At the end of the day, he is the best player. He's supposed to make the other guy better, not necessarily the other way around. And again, that's just a, a confidence thing. And, you know, come on, there's some, believe it or not, I know it's going to be hard to believe, but there's a couple of practices that I walk in the Ranger room and I, I'd be on a line with Mark Messier and Adam Graves. And you, you think it was Christmas. I just, I lit up like, oh my God, this is like a dream come true. And that's the way everybody should feel when they play with Morgan Riley on that blue line, on that leaf blue line. That gives you status. That gives you the, hey, if if I'm playing with Morgan Riley, I'm on the number one pairing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's where it needs to get back to uh, when you're when you're looking at game one against Tampa Bay and, and you hope Morgan's at that part of his uh, season where he feels best and he's ready to go. Whether or not TJ Brody lit up uh, playing with Morgan O'Reilly, it did set the table for a McCabe Hall pairing. Uh, they were connected to Matthews and Matthews was connected to McKinnon. It seemed like all night. So it was a shutdown role for McCabe and Hall. How do you think they fared in that role? And is there something to work from here is there some is yes. there the semblance of the muzzin hall thing happening with yeah. McCabe hall yeah i i really believe that and i think last night's a good example and i i'm i'm starting to like mccabe a lot more now uh as he gets comfortable just that element of um you're gonna pay a price in the neutral zone if you got your head down or uh you know you're in a vulnerable position to uh uh for me to step up and, and shut down a play and I'm starting to see a more physical uh, Hull as well. I thought he took the body again uh, well last night, and he's a big guy. You've been waiting a long time for him to show a little bit of an edge, and I, I think it's coming It's coming along here. And uh, if they can get these two guys to play that type of role where it makes your opponents a little nervous to come through uh, the neutral zone on them, then that's that element that at times have been missing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yesterday in The Athletic, Jonas Siegel wrote an article uh, one-on-one with Austin Matthews, and he opened up about the hand injury that had been hampering him so far throughout the season, saying that he's feeling a little better as of now, but did kind of admit to the fact that he was playing through injury. Um, I think we... you know, we circled around that many times while we spoke over the last couple months, but confirming that that was something he's been playing through... um, two parts to this level of concern maybe that this is now uh, an injury that we've seen a few times the, the wrist the hand um and secondary i guess maybe less surprise but nice to have some confirmation that we were not just speculating about something that was affecting a guy that had scored 60 um and isn't on pace for that this year well first of all if if he's openly talking about it now it usually comes with the fact that uh it it's over and I feel better and I'm over that hump, right? You just, you don't want to go public and then look like it's an excuse for Mm -hmm. you moving forward here. So I hope it's the last we hear of it, to be honest with you. If you're willing to go talk about it and explain to, uh, you know, the Leaf fans why uh, the the dropping goals and and you want to look at the hand, then no no problem at all. And yeah, it... There could be absolutely legitimacy to it uh, with the fact that sometimes he doesn't snap the puck like we've seen in the past or he overhandles the puck and the next thing you know, it's out of the zone. 
there there are signs that uh, this year that we didn't see all of last year. But I, to be honest with you, it's not the first thing I, I look at on on his off season. Uh, for me, he's got to move his feet. And last night we saw so many times where he cut behind the net and then just power into mm. that. Uh, you're, uh, you can't budge me. You can't move me. I've seen the best players in the history of the game do that with the likes of Yager and Forsberg. And when Austin's on his game, he can do that. It's like my puck, I dare you to take it off me. And that's the part that I want to see again uh, going down the stretch and into the first round. That one that it's my puck and you're not getting it tonight. And that has nothing to do with his hand. Mm -hmm. That has everything to do with his legs and it's got everything to do with how hard he pushes himself. So I, I think that to me is a better sign than um, than hearing that uh, you know his hand feels better. And you're kind of in line with what Sheldon Keefe said, I believe yesterday or at their last practice, that Matthews has been playing light and free lately. And it seems like that's been the case um, in terms of just his speed and as you mentioned, being more involved. Um, the light and free comments from Keefe, how'd that make you feel? Yeah, it's exactly what I have seen as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, again, he's a big, strong guy. And that's what you want to see, a presence when he's on the ice. And when he's not shooting it in the net, he still stands out. And there's just been far too many games where he's kind of mixed into the crowd. There's some shifts that we've seen this year where uh, he's not noticeable. And that's the stuff that superstars clean out out of their game. And nobody's done that as good as Connor McDavid. It's like every shift, you're like, I know when 97 is on the ice. And and uh, Austin has to be that guy for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mitch Marner is. Uh, and, and now Austin's got to get it back on a real consistent basis. So, again, whether we're talking about Marner, Matthews, or Morgan Riley, uh, you know, there, there's a reason why they, they make 20 times more than guys on the third and fourth line is because they have to be those guys every night, every shift, whether they're scoring or not. They have to look like they're they're dominant when they're on the ice. I, I know it's it's impossible to do that every shift, but you got to come as close as you can to it, especially in April, man, when all eyes are on you. If I remember correctly, uh, you're leaning towards Ilya Samsonov being the guy game one, right? Okay, how, how can anybody be different after, yeah. again, watching last <laughs> night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then watching uh, Matt Murray uh, on, on Monday against Buffalo. Who in their right mind thinks that, you know, there's a, there's a grooming process here to get Matt Murray ready for game one? Uh, I, again, I'm watching last night, and I'm like, there's no question here. Uh, the body of work out of Samsonov. And again, last night against Colorado came in pretty darn hot, you know, with McKinnon leading the charge. I, I thought did a terrific job. So I wanted to ask you based on that, what do you think stronger Samsonov winning the net or Murray losing the net? I, I, I gotta go with Samsonov uh, winning the net so far. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, lots of questions for him coming in. Talented guy, but maybe I never took his craft seriously or maybe had some issues off the ice in, in Washington, uh, all of that. I, I think he's come in and and I think he's put the work in. And, uh, you know, I, 
you listen to his comments after the game and you know it's the 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 broken language and uh you know the the appeal to to the fans and to his teammates i, I really think he's done a, a a very good job up until now but you know no one's going to care if he doesn't get the job done in the first round uh, and and we know that there are there are more talented goalies than we've ever seen before but we also think that there's uh you know their their weaker mentality uh, than we've ever seen before. And the game is played between the ears with a lot of these goalies and how much they can handle the pressure uh, when it comes down to it. It's like that 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 golfer on Saturday and Sunday, right? <laughs> you know, it's not it's not about Thursday. And I get the cut line on Friday, but man, you make your money on Saturday and Sunday. And Samsonov has got to make some money in April. That he does. Uh, last one for you, Kipper. Uh, Kale McCarra, we, I mean, we saw it all on display again last night. A brilliant player. Who does he remind you of from your playing career and your days in the NHL? Is there someone that he resembles a comparable? Can you even compare Kale McCarra at this point? Listen, uh, one of the best in history for me has been Brian Leach. Uh, and again, you know, part of the article that I wrote today is what makes these guys great is the ability to play half a game when they're out there and influence and dictate pace of play. When they want to speed the game up, they could do it. If they need it, if it needs to calm down a little bit for their hockey clubs, they hold on to the puck and they just, again, dictate play. And there's very seldom over the course of history that can truly do that every night. But Kale McCarr is one of those. Brian Leach was one of those guys, and uh, it's a it's a gift. Morgan doesn't Morgan can never get to that place uh, when we're talking amongst the best in the world, but he can be that guy for the Toronto Maple Leafs in terms of uh, at least giving the Leafs an opportunity to have that type of look, uh, and and maybe there were some signs of it last night. Well, he's got about a month left to settle into a pairing, maybe, with TJ Brody for uh, for the long haul here. We'll see what happens down the stretch, but uh, we're almost there. We're almost to the games that truly do matter, uh, and we look forward to breaking those down and the ones to come down the stretch of the regular season with you, Kipper. I appreciate you coming on. Hey, always, always a pleasure. Ailish, how's that little puppy of yours? Oh, he's perfect. Thanks for asking. All right. He's what, the name? Bunker. The name? Bunker. That's where my ball goes all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Okay, you guys trap. have a great day. <laughs> See ya. Uh, that's Nick Kiprios, real Kipper and born co-host, and of course, a Stanley Cup champion. A little update from the baseball tournament that you're not really interested in Buddy, anymore. I'm still interested in it, but I know the espresso- that I'll be eating some liver soon. <laughs> the espressos are being poured in the dugout for Italy. But they're down 4 nothing to Japan. Oh, boy. What inning are we so talking Japan, about? Japan, uh, early on. I think we're in the bottom of the third. No, we're in the top of the fourth now. Actually, Italy's got a couple on base with Shohei okay, Otani on go. the bump. So maybe they can cut into the deficit. It is 4 nothing Japan, though, at the moment. Uh, Danielle says it just flew out, so okay. that's over. Okay. Um, we got a great guest on the other side break, so let's do something to chew on. Brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Yum, yum, yum. Wow, that was in sync. Wow, on fire today. Okay, um, we're pending a sale of the Ottawa Senators, as we have been for quite a while. Still pending. Pending. Ryan Reynolds yesterday sold his company to T-Mobile 
for $1.35 billion. Conveniently, that's a lot of money. Does he... (laughs) Yeah, does he own the entire company? No, he does not own the entire company, but he has a pretty significant stake in Mint Mobile, which is a budget wireless provider. You've probably seen him in some commercials. He's just a businessman. Yeah, he's got that aviation gin. He's got this, but he sold to T-Mobile. He's clearing assets. For a hell of a lot of money. He's getting liquid. So what would you do with, I don't know how much he gets, but he's got a share in it, an ownership stake in it. Would you rather have Mint Mobile or the Ottawa Senators? The Ottawa Senators. I don't care about maybe, Mint Mobile. Maybe he's going to have a bigger stake than we think. Maybe he's going to be like... Well, he's just got some massive cash. Yeah. I don't know how much. Too but... bad he didn't own Mint Mobile outright, because then he'd, he'd just be the sole owner of the Ottawa Senators. Okay, here, I just found more information while reading this article. He owns about 20 to 25% of Mint Mobile, so he'll be coming around with a huge chunk of sale, of change. So, you know, we can ballpark that at, uh, you know, 200, 250 million. That'll get you a share of the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> Will it ever? That'll get that, you the lower might, bowl. That might get you almost a controlling interest. I'm just saying it's something to chew on. I like that. I, I mean, I think I think Ryan Reynolds, I mean, we've talked about this, how cool it is, how important it may be to be one Gary Batman. He wants to put a little life into what's <laughs> going on over there. Uh, the media coverage, the internal video multimedia offering, I'm sure will be ramped up and that's all great stuff. I think Ryan Reynolds is going to make things way better as part of that ownership group. And I think they're going to be in better hands and on firmer ground with the new ownership once it comes in. And I think it's a great thing for the senators. Something to chew on. Great thing for the league too. All right. We had the, opportunity and privilege to speak to Trish Stratus yesterday after the show. She is going to be at the six-woman tag team tag match at WrestleMania 39 just around the corner and then she is also a judge on Canada's Got Talent premiering this Tuesday, March 21st at CityTV, CityTV.com, CityTV Plus. We talk about all of that and more with the legend, WWE Hall of Famer, Trish Stratus. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. An eight-time WWE champion and Hall of Famer. One of the first women to main event Monday Night Raw. She smashed through the glass ceiling and delivers nothing if not stratisfaction. An iconic badass that can play the heel and the face and rocks the hell out of a pantsuit. It's Trish Stratus joining us on the Fan Morning Show. You did breakfast television, right? A couple times with Sid Sixero and many, Sid Sixero's. Many, I've co-hosted with Sid. Mm-hmm. You co-hosted yeah, with Sid. And like he's a really legend around here. Pals. <laughs> so what's it like working with Sid Sixero? Oh, uh, I mean, he's legendary, obviously, mm-hmm. and he dances well. Does he? <laughs> oh yeah, he's a great TikToker. Okay. So oh, uh, yeah, that's that's the word on the street anyway. I don't know if you've seen his TikTok dances. It's very good. I don't think I follow Sid on. Does he have TikTok himself? No idea, but I know BT has TikTok. So BT's so. got him doing the TikTok. <laughs> they do. Basically, BT is like, let's get Sid to dance, and it's great. See, sometimes like that's the In best fact, thing. In fact, I do. I accepted the co-hosting gig because 
I heard I'd be dancing with Sid. There you go. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, TikTok's big. Justin just got a TikTok account. Just Definitely few... not dancing. Maybe no, that's but the you know what? What do you, what, is, what do you do? What is Nothing. your vibe Nothing. on TikTok? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Right. I don't have a vibe. I haven't like cool. uncovered a vibe yet. Cool, cool. Yeah. Should we I could follow work on you? It? No. Wanna, no. I mean, if you followed me, it might like help that, that matters. Could be, that could okay. Maybe like yeah. a starting point for me growing a brand. <laughs> okay, I let's think, do that. Yeah, yeah. Help maybe I'll have to check your content first. Ooh, he just, needs a character. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and you know about this. Well. Why don't we brainstorm and Perfect. maybe give him a little Justin something? Justin has. You're so boring, Justin. Yeah. Wow, it's like I, I you am, listen to I our am. show all the I, I time. I, mean, I, I get the vibe. We've I known each vibe. other for 15 seconds, and I'm yeah. you've already automatically got to read But I've listened to you me. for years. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So that's, uh, I mean, I Sorry, guess you figure out if I'm boring very quickly. Sometimes the heel trish comes yeah, out yeah, of me. Good. You know that thing in wrestling? Or just we're going yeah. no, to play both sides. We're going to both sides. Justin all night And playing both sides is pretty important for a wrestler, right? So which side are you playing? I don't know if you can actually tell us this stuff. I don't know if you know. Like on TV or currently? But you know you're making your return to WrestleMania, right? Yes, I am. So is it going to be heel is it going to be if you're currently favorite? watching the product <clears throat> which you are right you've yeah, yeah, been yeah. obviously oh, course, watching course, yeah, yeah. so i'm we're, we're good good guys good guys okay we're the good only guys. good only well, good you're wearing so, like an angel yeah, uh, like, like yes. an angelical costume yes. this morning very white costume. this is my costume <laughs> oh, no, i mean like it's a look you got you look <laughs> like an angel costume, yes. whereas if yeah you're my on wings the I, I had my wings on but i the door was i couldn't get them uh yeah uh and the halo yeah i thought the halo was a bit much you know for the morning show we were talking before you came in but the last time you were in WrestleMania, we couldn't we couldn't pinpoint it. When's the last time you wrestled so, at WrestleMania? Okay, so uh, a decade or plus, a decade plus, a long time ago. What brings a it back? Really long time ago. It's, it's been, I mean, I've been away from the ring. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I did a little return in two thousand and nineteen, mm-hmm. um, and it's been it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Exciting. So but what brings I've you been, back? What brings me back? Yeah. Well, uh, so there's the bad guys. Bring me back because right. they're talking smack and yada yada. They got and, nothing. Yeah, my bestie Leah went back, and then they they beat them up, and I had to I had to go. I had to get my girls back. You That's know? the thing about the WWE. It's like the the door you, is always you can open. unretire. Mm-hmm. You can unretire yeah. at any time. Like, it's like yeah. Tom Brady. If Tom Brady does it again, we're gonna That's lose. It. We're That's gonna right. lose <laughs> our oh. minds. You, but yeah. you you can come back anytime. Like it's it's not it's a okay. In fact, in fact, it's encouraged. It's encouraged. Yeah. Well, so far it's worked out. Is it tough getting so. back into the grind of it all when you take a uh, step the back? Schedule's a little crazy, you know, especially as a mom, right? Because like, and then like mm-hmm. you know now I got to get back into ring training. I put the kids to bed by nine p.m. Then I go to the ring till like twelve or one in the morning. Wow. Then I come and do like shows with you guys. It's like. It's a lot. <laughs> I, I, I but it's ba- fine. But I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. Like, we think we have the grind. Like, we got to watch sports till 10 oh p.m. and God. then go to bed. Like, that's, I guess that's I have really to actually nothing. wrestle till 10 p.m. You guys have to watch what, sports. What's, yeah. like, the peak of WWE grind? What's that like? Like, if oh, you're gosh. if you're one of the biggest stars, like, which, of course, you were yeah. and are. At my peak, I was on the road for probably 300 days of the year. At, at one of the years, for sure. Like, there was, I was just constantly on the road. It's it was nuts, to be a yeah. mom, too. Because you're that, like, eh? yeah, I mean, right now. And now, there's a lot of women that are currently moms. Like, I was retired at 30, so, like, mom hadn't started yet, right? Like, I just was, all I had to focus on was me. Yeah. <laughs> now there's, like, superstars who have to focus on them and also their children. Like, they have children, and they're doing this grind. It's, I don't know how they're doing it. Retired but. at 30. I yeah, mean, I you just can, You like, can unretire, just to reiterate, but, like, yeah. why, why did you retire at 30? Like, it seems like a lot of wrestlers can't make that decision at the right time, and you seem to have done it. Yeah. You know, you know, like boxers, they go too long or MMA fighters go too long. Wrestlers go too long. Yeah. You didn't go too long. How did you make that decision? I just, it was like, there's a number of things in my life that told me it was the right time. Like, you know, you just have that, that gut feeling. Um, I felt like in my career, I had like, I was satisfied. I'd accomplished. I felt fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I'd done all the things. All the girls, like at the time, there was only a limited amount of girls that could actually work too, like wrestler wise. 
I'd done, I'd worked with all the girls. I had achieved, you know, I was a four-time champion, no, five-time champion, sorry. So I'd beat the record, which Mula had the record at four. If you guys even know who Mula is. Anyway, she's a legendary wrestler by the time. Now women have it, there's like 12-time champion by the time, five-time champion mm-hmm. was like the thing, right? Uh, oh, wait, six-time, most six-time champion at that point. So I had so many titles <laughs> that I couldn't even like, can't remember how many things you've won. <laughs> Basically, I had so many, yeah. Um, and so I just felt good. My mom was actually diagnosed with cancer, and that was really the... This is time to like turn mm-hmm. it back and just go home. And uh, because without grind, you can't be there. I couldn't be there for her treatments. And I just was like, yeah, everything's pointing to like, this is the end of the road for me. Um, also, you know, at 30 years old, it felt like it was, it was a time. Just, you know, my body wasn't mm-hmm. ready. It was the, the wear and tear that won the body. And then, um, yeah, it just, it felt like the right time. And then I won the championship for the seventh time. And that was really a nice little end to that chapter. Well, I'm not 30 yet, but I'm ready to retire when I'm 30, okay? Okay. I'm going to yeah. take in your, uh, after your footsteps. Yes. So a couple just years higher. When's your birthday coming oh. up? Um, I'm July, okay. so I got two more years. Though. Two more, okay. Two more years. Yeah, it's more like, okay. more like 14, 15 months, to be honest. Well, t- 16 yeah. months. That's a good okay, way there, buddy. Buddy's 36 over there. No, I'm not 36. Do not, do not age me. I'm less than 36. <laughs> Le- he's, are you Comfortably, less? comfortably <laughs> in my yeah, 30s, yeah, yeah. though. Okay, comfortably. Comfortably good. in my 30s. Good. Yeah. 30s are good. And still working. That's why he can't use TikTok. He doesn't know. Ah, I see. Anyway. That is a major Okay. I want to ask you about women in wrestling because, I mean, I played professional sports growing up and women were never really yeah. available as a role model for me. Um, I played hockey, so y- I'm sure you know that there's not much yeah. for women out there. So I'm sounding like that there's a very similar pathway that you yeah. had to be, you know, groundbreaking and you had to be the, the person that made steps in the wrestling community. So now when you look back and how many more women are wrestling and, and the yeah. way that you've kind of paved that journey, what's that like for you? Oh, it's, um, it's kind of like everything you could have hoped for, mm-hmm. right? Like everything I see the girls doing now is what we fought for. Well, the blood, sweat, and tears, like to sound mm-hmm. cliche, but it really was literally blood, sweat, and tears on the road doing it. Um, and, and, and everything they're doing, like Lita and I made evented for the first time. I got goosebumps right now thinking about it because um, it was, you know, the main event is for people that don't know, it's the, this, the, you know, the coveted spot, right? To be featured in the main event means the end of the show. It's the, it's a coveted spot for a wrestler to be in. You close the show and you have that responsibility of closing out the show. Um, and it's normally given to the men. So in 2004, Oh my God, that sounds so long ago. Was anyone <laughs> no. born? <laughs> we were both born in 2004. <laughs> Just checking. Um, um, uh, yeah, we, we did talk about your ages. Sorry, my math was... Okay. Um, but when we got that spot, it was like huge. Like it was a huge deal. Um, and at the time, it, for us, huge, yes, because it was a big opportunity and knowing like we cannot blow this opportunity. Mm. We must represent. They've given us this chance. Um, but we didn't know how big it was, how it would like later on, like retrospectively, we looked back at it like, wow, that was the beginning of like saying, hey, girls can do this. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was to, to go out there and like, and kill it. it. We had to do that in order for this to continue on. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, it was really special. And to see now main eventing, the women main event all the time. In fact, yeah. they main event. It's like nothing now. It's nothing, yeah. right? And it's great. And like you said, there was no representation. Mm-hmm. And it was when I did, um, I got inducted to the Hall of Fame uh, WWE Hall of Fame, this Hall of Fame, 2013, (laughs) but I got inducted to another Hall of Fame, the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame last year. And um, I got an award that was never given to a woman before. And I said, like in my speech, I remember thinking of like, who to thank and you do all that stuff. And I realized it was more about like, what's the message Mm -hmm. of like where I'm at as a woman in this sport, you know? And there was a point where I realized I had the ability to change the preconceived notion of what a female can do in this world, in this mm-hmm. industry, right? Um, and so it became my MO at one point to go out there and see the faces changed. Because for me, everyone said, did you grow up knowing you wanted to be a wrestler? No, I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, like it was a girls in sport. Like there, it wasn't out there. There was no representation. You didn't think that was something. You didn't see yourself 
on the screen, right? Um, and so it was like, I realized that, that was my chance to do that. And then I, we saw a rise in the female demographic. We saw the autograph signings went from like, just the guys with my bikini shot to like girls going, mm. I love what you're doing. You're a female making it a male dominated world and you're you know passionate and you're doing what you love. And it's the bigger messages of things. So it's been great to do that and have that at this point in my career. Was there, is there any burden being like, you mentioned you were the only woman to receive that award that you're mentioning. So, so many people have to be looking up for you, asking for uh, assistance, inspiration, like that should be, that could be a lot to carry when everyone's looking at you as someone who paved the way and could help that person also follow that path. Is that Has that been difficult to manage? Has that been something you really relished, being someone in that sort of position? I think, like, you didn't realize it was your burden to carry for a long time. It just was, like, by virtue of doing what I did, you were creating this movement, I guess you could say. Um, and, of course, it took me to be retired and go back into the real world and, like, do autograph mm -hmm. signings and have a chance to speak with the fans and be like, you don't understand what you did for me when, you know, when I was at this age or when I saw you do this, it made me feel like I could do this kind of thing. Right. And so you see the effect, you see the influence um, and not a burden. I think it's like, you know, what we do as public figures is you have a responsibility with that. It comes with it. So it's kind of like part and parcel of it. But um, just trying to always, I mean, I knew from the beginning, like no matter what, not just as a female, you were a role model to mm -hmm. these people. And you saw a lot of younger kids, obviously watching our product. So you knew you had a responsibility to sort of be that way, you know? Yeah, it kind of yeah. is like a privilege at the same time, like yeah, a responsibility, and, and you've done an incredible job at it. And I wonder now if you're looking and you're talking to, to youth, men and female, that are looking to get started, like what are some of the pieces of advice you give to them if this is a dream of theirs or maybe not even to get to the big stage, but just to be interested in this world? Yeah, don't do it. It's exhausting. Nice. Got it. Next. Moving <laughs> <laughs> on. That's, that's the advice we get for this. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, don't do it. Oh, no, no, yeah. You're screwed. <laughs> we got two of them. Just keep them until, yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, I just said everyone, like, if that's your passion, follow your passion. Mm -hmm. That is my absolute message moving forward in anything. Mm -hmm. If that's your passion, follow your passion. Because to be able to do what you do for a living is, is a dream to, to do that, right? So, um, but of course, on the flip side of that, make sure you get your training, mm -hmm. have a good foundation. Um, and, and wrestling is such a multifaceted thing, right? You have to have the physicality, you have to have, you have to walk the walk, talk the talk, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there's many facets to it, but it's a great way to be able to combine athleticism as well as being an entertainer. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fascinating. And that will all be on display at WrestleMania when Indeed. you team up with Lita and Becky Lynch to take on damage control. Uh, obviously, there's great opportunity for a feud to play out for, in real time, but I wonder the favorite feud that you had in your career. Oh man. I mean, I have to, I always go back to Lita and I because our careers paralleled from the very beginning. It was just like we started at the same time. Whenever we got in the ring, it was like, ooh, Trish and Lita, Trish and Lita. It was kind of had that rock uh, and Austin, mm -hmm. you know, kind of that kind of feeling, right? Um, but like, and it went to the end. Like my retirement match was against Lita. It just had that story. But I also have to say, Mickey James and I was that was the rivalry. I think uh I think we had we do it, and I don't know if this is actually a fact, but we do hashtag longest rivalry in history mm. because in, in, in wrestling, sometimes the storylines don't go on and on and on and on and on. They just kind of like their short spurts. This one was like months and months upon months, and we, we saw the, the ebb and flow and character arcs and story developments, and it was pretty fascinating, especially at that time in wrestling, to have that. So your, your rise to superstardom in the WWE was like really fast, wasn't it? It, it like was in like into the stratosphere, some people say. There you go. You know? Comparatively very fast. Oh, that fast. makes a lot of sense, eh? <laughs> good, yeah. Good name to have. Yeah. It's, it's funny how that worked out. Right. <laughs> it was meant to be. What was like, 
What was the internal dynamic when that happens? Because that happens in every field, like radio, any job where someone is new and maybe starts mm-hmm. lapping the field a little bit and you lap the field a little bit. What was like that, like handling the internal dynamic? Because, you know, if you're watching Dark Side of the Ring or all these different, yeah. uh, you know, docs that give you information on what's actually happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Seems like a lot's happening behind the scenes. Yes. When you were lapping the field to you, maybe for a lack of a better term, what was it like internally? Um, tough for sure, especially as I wasn't brought in traditionally as a wrestler, like most people do the, the minor league, so mm-hmm. to speak, or they do the independent scene and then they kind of get brought up. I luckily had trained a little bit. I learned as I went, I was like the new girl who learned as I went. And literally even when it became champion, I was the underdog coming in. It was like, she's the champion. We never expected that. And I had to like build the division kind of, um, so, so a lot of you are like, she doesn't deserve it. She didn't do the, she didn't do her due diligence. She didn't put in the time, didn't pay her dues. And there was a lot of that. And actually there's, um, A&E is, is airing a documentary. It's called Rivals, WWE Rivals. And it's against Lita and I. So you'll see in that documentary, basically how, like what we had to overcome, how, you know, us being in the main event, the guys maybe were not happy with the girls taking the spotlight sometimes and things like that. And it was tough. Like it was tough from the females, but also the guys, like when the girls were getting spotlighted because we were in magazines and we were, you know, we were able to do the media side of things and maybe the guys weren't getting that attention. They're like, oh, like this is our match. Why are they getting all the attention? There was a little bit of that as well. So tough industry and of course a male dominated industry. So you Mm -hmm. just had to come and stay strong in that industry. But I mean, you know, that's what has made us stronger as females. And, you know, we've come out on the back end and, you know, just my whole thing was like, just be so damn good that no one can say shit. Sorry if I said that. Yeah, whatever. I could say. You get to do whatever you want. You're the Hall of Famer. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how many parallels you just said that, you know, you think about in this industry too. I mean, I'm a a woman in a male-dominated industry that is young and trying to make my way through it. So I feel like a lot of, I get a lot of those comments too, and I feel that way sometimes. It's interesting. When you say that, it's funny because a lot of girls, like when I get little girls and they're literally crying at these Mm -hmm. um, autograph signings, and I I get, I swear, I get, look at the geese. Because it's like, it's touching, right? But they're saying, and and it's not because they want to become a wrestler, right? Like some of them do. They're like, Mm -hmm. I want to be a wrestler. I want to be like you. But it's because they're, as a female, they're seeing what you can do and what barriers you can crash down and what glass ceiling you can smash. Um, And that's what it is. And so they take the life lessons of what Mm -hmm. we do um, on a grand, on, from a bigger uh, yeah. messaging. It's not you know? just so, about sport. Yeah. It's about who you are yeah. and what you do in the next chapter of your yeah. life, which I'm transitioning into too. Um, all right, let's talk about <laughs> Canada's Got Talent. So season two premieres this yes. upcoming Tuesday, March 21st, 8 p.m. on City TV, CityTV.com, City TV Plus. Now, this was filmed uh, in Niagara Falls, 462 contestants. Yeah. I have no talents other than making fun of Justin. Right, yeah. You're so good at that. I know. Honestly, if I got one thing, I lean into it, all right? If I put that on my resume. but And then you always call me for like those extra ones. That's right. That's right. I love that. Um, You probably saw some crazy stuff. Yes. I I don't don't want to give it away too much, but is there something that, you know, viewers got to tune in for, something that just blew you away or talent you didn't even know somebody would have? Um, yeah, there's like 460 yeah, of that. Perfect. <laughs> like, They're not all just good singers guys, and dancers. I'm <laughs> telling you, it is so incredible. Like we did season one and there was a little bit of us going like, I hope the Canadian version of the American mm. show is as good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we do that, right? And then don't forget when I watch AGT, you're always cheering for that Canadian. You're like, yeah, they're from oh, yeah. Canada, right? Um, so we were like hopeful and we're like, and, and it started slow. We're like, okay, are they good? Yes, it's a yes. Because we weren't sure, right? <laughs> yeah. Are they going to get better? And then they got better and better and better. But like, so, and then of course our winner last year, Janique, like killed it, nailed mm-hmm. it, is like worldwide known now. She's got a record deal. She's 
So sh- the bar has been set. But I think now, I mean, you had said 400, 400 plus contestants mm-hmm. have come through our stage and they had to bring it, right? Like there's like next level, there's more people competing. Um, and it's like, and people know, right? This is the place that you can realize your dreams. Like you can literally come here and you could become the next superstar. And it's, it's so cool. and it's, yeah, and people are coming. And so this year was cool. It wasn't just across Canada. People from who were living abroad were coming back to their roots oh, wow. in Canada. We had a lot of international flavor, which was so cool uh, to see people come back to their home, to be able to like put their talent on display and possibly realize their dreams. And we have a little part in it. It's just like a dream job. And I don't like hurt my neck and my back and things like that too. Yeah. So it's you amazing. Get to pretty, I love honestly. this job. Yes, I love it that I get to be part of that. It's fantastic. Uh, it really is like the perfect family show. Like the entire family, right. I think, can be entertained mm-hmm. by it. But there are moments where it's like, they're they're teasing like you go to break and someone's like on top of yeah. a ladder and oh something like you don't get the benefit of like oh something like i know yeah, yeah. like 12 year olds are not going to see someone crash to the floor Die, and get like basically. really really hurt <laughs> but you in that moment you don't have that yeah. like are you how many times are you legitimately concerned for someone's safety when it's death defying stuff? this season so many times oh my God. and howie like and lily's hilarious like when you when lily jumps out of her seat which actually is quite often um you know we're like oh is this gonna happen like it it was shocking and, and i'm like what what was that like I'm going to try this thing. What was the day one of yes. that talent? That's what I want to know. What did you go? I'm going to try this death-defying I don't know. in my backyard. There's some crazy And things. see how it goes. But then get really good at it and then present it on the stage and shock the judges and Canada as well. So it's pretty fantastic. And um, But this, honestly, this year, like danger is definitely, let's just say there's a lot of danger, Whew. amazing, and stuff like, like, stuff that you're like, I don't even know what category that is. Like, <laughs> like stuff that you, is that a, noise you make what is that <laughs> wait till you see guys i'm telling you as we say prepare to be amazed i love it yeah. oh we've been talking about it's not like, just a tagline it's literally that's all like it's yeah very you lived it experienced it <laughs> uh, we're talking about the grinds like we talk about the breakfast television grind radio grind wwe grind the audition grind must have been something else you mentioned almost 500 contestants mm-hmm. like that that can drag no it was a lot yeah and when they're all really good, you're like, oh my God. And you also, you have to find your golden buzzer. So you're just like, yeah, do oh Do you like pause God. on that for a bit? Like it's what if hard. the first person's immaculate? You, yeah, exactly. That's it's hard. hard. You're like, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be better than this. I don't know. It's very, that's probably the toughest part of the job. You can go. Go ahead. Oh, just, um, just, just do, he was I don't, I don't want to interrupt you. Sure. I want to interrupt her because I got to make sure I get you have that thing. I got, yeah. I got one more wrestling question. Okay. Because social media, obviously very important for something like Canada's Got Talent. Yes. You need to be able to push it on yeah. different platforms. And don't forget, because Canada is part of the vote of the, the, the voting process, right? Exactly. So, so it's, it's yeah. imperative. So it, it is. But I but, wonder, <laughs> yes. I wonder if you are thankful that you didn't grow up in wrestling during the social media world. Right. Because I think, I am very thankful that me in high school, not available to social media. Right. Just getting to watch it live and find out. Exactly. Whereas today, you might know that Trish Stratus is waiting in the wings and might surprise you, but now it's not, not a not, surprise because you'll know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not even that you. too. Like, I'm sure, and, I'm sure you couldn't have a normal life, right? A what? The, a normal life. Do I'm I sure have you, a normal life? I'm sure you oh. get recognized all the time. But back, Here and there. back yeah. de- then, when it was like on top of the world, yeah. I'm sure you couldn't do anything really normally, but you could maybe be normal outside of like camera phones on you at all times, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so are you thankful that you kind of avoided some of that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh my God, what a different time. Like, and for the sake of like, 
you know, the the, the reveals and the secrets of wrestling getting <laughs> out before. That too. You know, I'm that, actually surprised that the things behind insane. closed doors aren't I'm, out there I'm like, more how, in the WWE. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was like my my debut when I came back. Like, internet was like, Trish, Trish Stratus is coming. Trish, and they were buzzing and buzzing like and buzzing. Leaks. Yeah, there was leaks everywhere. And then so mm. we actually strategically held off. Mm. And then you forgot about me. And then I surprised everybody. Ha ha. There you go. <laughs> we got I, you. I think we talked about this last week, but. They're trying to find ways to have gambling in some of these uh, these wrestling yeah. matches, but since I mean, people know they're not. They're, what? What they're, is it? They're, they're, yeah, the they might have an answer. Already. Nobody <laughs> wants to say it out loud. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, no, 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 I'm, not, I'm not saying it with Trish here. No, 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 no. I mean, it's Don't all it's it, off the cuff. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, how that would be so difficult because now the world is all about like you know sports gambling, yeah. and this this could be a, a pathway into it. But the script writers, they must live in like like solitary confinement. Like it's like when you're a part of a jury and they put you in a hotel room and you can't talk to anyone. Like if you're a script writer, the power you have must be real freaky. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a wacky, it's a wonderful wacky world wrestling, isn't it? Like, you know, just to know that, that like, like, and it's week by week and like, it's just, you know, ever changing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, do we adjust to what the fans are, you know, putting yeah, out like there? Like, how much do you shift? listen to that? Um, I think there's some of that. I know, mm-hmm. like, at one point when I, I turned bad guy at WrestleMania 20, it was like um, everyone knew that me and Jericho were, it was like a big mm-hmm. storyline. I was going to be a good guy with Jericho. And then and then Vince was like, let's flip the script on them, you know, and we did that. And it was fun to do that kind of thing. But, it must uh, be fun. Keep you on your toes. Yeah, it is anyway, fun. Uh, big months ahead with Canada's Got Talent, WrestleMania 39, yeah. lots of stuff going on yeah. in the world of Trish Stratus. I gl- I'm glad we got you to do this. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Can we do it again? Please. Yeah, you got to get here at 5.30 in the morning for our show. But 5.30 in the morning. You can just Amazing. be our 8.30 a.m. guest. Our, so, but our no last makeup one. and comfy clothes. No. Perfect. This is actually the most dress up we've been in a while. You guys, like, I'm look, wearing, you guys jeans. look amazing today. Thank you for dressing up <laughs> yes. and not wearing your PJs. Don't worry, tomorrow yeah. we'll be back in sweats. <laughs> all right, thanks so much for joining us. We're so excited to tune into all of this ahead, and it was a pleasure chatting with thanks. you. Thanks. Great chatting with you guys, too. Thanks. Appreciate it. That's the legend, Trish Stratus. Uh, you can check out Canada's Got Talent premiering this upcoming Tuesday, March 21st at 8 p.m. on CityTV, CityTV.com, CityTV Plus, and of course, Big wrestling week, weekends, months ahead. Trish Stratus. She was being nice because we were not dressed up. You tried to like spin it a little bit. Maybe jeans <laughs> happening, but you know, that was the wrong way, wrong day to wear like grubby sweatpants. Yeah, she, she came in, came with in a, like an icon. A power suit, like she was running for office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, that was fun. Thanks, Danielle, for getting that. Um, cool moment. Icons. We're doing uh, ticket giveaways. Once again, all week long, not to this, but something just as fun. Dirks Bentley coming to Bud Stage on June 1st as part of his Gravel and Gold Tour with special guest Jordan Davis, Molly Tuttle, Golden Highway. And we're giving away tickets all week long. To enter, all you have to do is tune into the Fan Morning Show and listen for the daily code word. Today's code word is free and easy. Text free and easy to 59590 right now for your chance to win. We're giving away another pair tomorrow. However, if you don't win with us, you can secure secure your tickets by going to Ticketmaster.ca starting tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern. Free and easy. That's how free and easy it is to win these tickets. Just send in a text. Exactly. So get those in and then get your bracket-ish challenge submissions in because we have Jay's tickets on the line there. We just did ours I did in mine the break. The break. Yeah, you were good. waiting until I finished mine. I'm not sure if that was intentional because you can see some of the results. I got my eyes on my own paper here. Okay. Okay. So all of our brackets are in. We got brackets in. We got Google Forms submitted. Everything is happening with March Madness set to tip off in about four hours time. Mm-hmm. Busy day. Busy, busy sports day once again. Alright. On the other side of the break, we're going to break down Canada's performance at the World baseball classic and uh, Ben Nicholson Smith 
and his love for Otto Lopez, which is aging quite well after the last couple games with Canada. That's next on the other side of the break on The Fan Morning Show.